BAM Radio Network. And I even said that to one parent not too long ago. Uh, we were talking about this issue. And I said, you know, teachers can't win for losing anymore. And she went on a tirade about how teachers shouldn't back down to parents or administrators and they ought to stand up for what they believe in and, and so forth. And in theory, yeah, that's what you should do. But the amount of stress that it puts on you and then you take that home to your family, it's just almost not worth it. It's not about learning anymore. It's about, is my kid going to come out a winner? We really need to learn to work with parents. We need to meet them where they are. We're going to be banging our head against the wall if we want to go back to pre-entitlement. Hello, it's time for Teacher's Aid, strategies, tools, and tactics for the challenges teachers face. I'm Ray Pika. I recently saw a cartoon that pretty much summed up the gist of this segment. One panel showed a bad report card given to a child in the 1970s. The parents waved it in the face of the child, demanding to know what happened. Fast forward to the present in the second panel, same bad report card, but this time the parents were waving it in the face of the teacher. Joining me today to talk about this shift in attitude are Karen Deerwester, Marty Cortez, Nancy Flanagan, and John, a teacher who's agreed to speak anonymously. John, let's start with you. What have you witnessed in terms of teachers taking the fall for what should be the student's responsibility or an entitled attitude from parents in general? I've experienced exactly what you just read in that study. Um, (laughs) The lack of responsibility on the student for completing uh, assignments, uh, poor behavior, uh, they just don't want that accountability on their precious children. I have several examples I can give you. Okay, give us a couple real quickly. Thanks. One child, I had uh, taken away a test because he was talking uh, during the test, which was against the classroom rules. And I got a note from the mother in his student planner that said he had received consequences at home, and when could I reschedule him to take the test? And it was explained at the beginning of the year, of course, that once you got the zero, that was it. I also was involved in uh, a couple of grant projects through a local university that wanted us to do some particular teaching using some of the methods we were learning. I instituted that in the classroom with a couple of projects, and the outrage I got from parents was just incredible that my class was doing this project and the other fifth grade classroom was not. Nancy, are these just John's experiences or are they expected for today's teachers? I think that John is right on the mark here. Um, there's been a whole huge injection of competition into to schooling. Uh, it's not about learning anymore. It's about, are, is my kid going to come out a winner? And you have to have some empathy for parents who want to do right by their kids, but they cross the line in that uh, fervor to uh, make sure that their kid comes out on top. Uh Uh-huh. Karen, you've referred to today's parents as millennials and say that our old expectations for parents don't fit this new generation. Tell us a bit about that. They don't fit at all. And I'm really sympathetic to John's perspective and all teachers. But what happens is if we keep expecting parents to respond the way They responded 20, 30 years ago. We are banging our head against a wall, and teachers, educators, administrators are more and more frustrated. And so, yes, the pressure on parents is enormously different, and their perception of our expectations is different. Their responses to our demandingness is different, 
and we have to adapt to a new generation of millennial parents. It's bigger than just entitlement because it's a whole cultural issue. So we have to adapt. And um, there's well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you saying we have to give them their way when they're being unreasonable? I think just as we were trained, the millennials were born 1979 to the mid-90s. This is the generation that was raised with developmentally appropriate practices as we defined them in the mid-80s. And we have to meet parents where they are instead of crossing our arms and stamping our feet and saying, this isn't right what you're doing. We have to say, how do I understand where you're coming from and try to hold still the high standards, responsibility, accountability, but we're going to be banging our head against the wall if we want to go back to pre-entitlement generation. A lot of the teachers that are in the profession now have grown up just along with the parents. I mean, they're basically the same age. Why do they have a different standard? They didn't learn that necessarily in their education to become teachers. Why is there this disconnect now? Many teachers are parents themselves. If you look at what's happened in our culture, respect for authority is different. Blind obedience is different. Following rules is different. How parents make decisions is different. And so what happens is there has been a lot of reinforcement for this kind of, let's call it, inappropriate behavior. And so instead of saying, stop that inappropriate behavior that's been reinforced in our culture, our educators have to step up and say, now how do I still hold to those standards of responsibility, but find a different way to find a foundation of communication and empathy? And I do want to talk about that momentarily. Marty, uh, teachers have traditionally had a somewhat uh, adversarial attitude toward parents. Certainly it would seem there's even more reason now to avoid them, but I suspect you might disagree with that. Yes, I really do. I agree with Karen. I believe she's just finished speaking. We really need to learn to work with parents. We need to meet them where they are. In our teacher preparation program, that's exactly what we do because even though the teachers and the parents may be of the same age, we really need to think about why we're teachers. I mean, we don't think about why we're parents, but we do need to think about why we are teachers, and who are we serving here? And the whole purpose of being teachers is to work with that child, and that child comes with a family. And so if you want to engage the parents, you have to learn where they come from. I have to agree also with Karen that it's, our cultural practices are also very important because I will have to say that not all parents come to teachers and complain about the child's grades. If, if you look at different cultures that are represented in the United States, you're going to see a lot of our minority parents that actually do not do that. They come and they have respect for the teacher and they want what is best for their child. Okay, well, let's get to some solutions. Karen, what's your best advice for heading all of this stuff off at the pass? Well, what I want to say is that we're not saying that teachers shouldn't have respect. And so just as the medical community has to adapt to all this new partnership of participation, educators will change as well. So let's start with relationship-based communication, where it's not just we're the expert, we know better than you how to educate your child. Let's make it collaborative and show a real personal interest in the parents, the parents' stories, the parents' struggles, and realize that that parent participation does increase our education potential for children enormously. Nancy, ideas? I would keep turning the focus back to learning. As a music teacher, I often have parents come to me and say, my child isn't going to be a musician. Why should I keep paying these expensive rental fees for that tenor saxophone? He's having a good time, 
But uh, this isn't, you know, his future. And, of, of course, I can say, wouldn't it be wonderful if your child ended up being a musician for as a, an avocation? He may not be a mathematician either, but uh, it's important that he studies math and it's important that he studies science. Um, we need to turn the focus back to the actual purpose of education, and that's learning. Okay. Mari, how do I deal with a parent who expects special treatment for her kid, who says, we pay to see good grades, as a teacher actually told me she was, you know, someone said that to her, or who holds me accountable for things for which her child should be responsible? Right. The very first day, you have to gain the respect of the parent. And so if if you're always going to have that outlier, that parent that is always on your face, expecting you to do those kinds of things. And so communication, two-way communication, it's so important because you need to listen to what that parent has to say. And you really need to analyze where that parent comes from. You need to understand why this parent is asking you those things. You know, perhaps there are some situations in their background that is making them or, you know, stress or their work, something like that that will affect them. Oh, you're asking teachers to have the patience of Job. I agree with what she's saying, but in the real world, all the demands that a teacher has just within the classroom is very difficult with all the different modes of communication that we now have available to make those relationships with each parent and for the teacher to understand not just the child's proclivities, but now the parents and and have to kind of work to appease each of them so that there's that trust that can build uh, within the classroom so that everyone's needs are being met. All right. Well, it's time. We need to, to wrap up. So what do you most want me to know about dealing with parents in the age of entitlement? Karen? I want you to know that it's a shared mission and that it's not about us being the teachers and that we know best that once we are listening, it is collaborative, and, and it's not asking parents to understand that they are not paying for grades, but they're paying for, they are paying for something, and it's about what we can give their children, but it's mutually defined, not singularly defined. All righty. Marie? I would like parents to know, that, and teachers, that they are working together. They're, it's for the same purpose, and I would like for both of them to really be able to sit down and talk and increase their communication because it is for the child's learning, ultimately. Thanks. John? i just like people to know that, that teachers are going out of their way to make and establish these relationships, that they are overworked and underappreciated, and the demands that they have are unlike any job that is currently out there. And Nancy? I would like parents to know that I'm paid to be a good teacher, a good and effective teacher for all kids. And there's great value in kids learning to be part of a a community rather than an individual um, spotlight for teachers' attention. And what would you like teachers to know? I would like to give them a little toolkit on how to say those things to parents and preserve those good relationships. I think teachers, it's all about teacher attitude. There's a lot of research that talks about the attitude that you have. All righty. Excellent. Thank you so much for this very, very engaging conversation. I appreciate you being here and talking to us about teaching in the age of entitlement. As I seem to be saying more and more often these days, it's a brand new world out there. At times, it just seems exhausting keeping up with all the changes. And now teachers are told that they have to keep up with the changes in parents, too. 
I fully agree with my guests that a shared mission and mutually defined goals are critical. So yes, meet parents where they are, for both their sake and yours, but mostly for the children's sake. You just may need to create a mantra to keep from losing your cool. It's for the kids, it's for the kids, it's for the kids. Next week, part three, the final segment in our Teaching in the Age of Entitlement series, how to avoid contributing to the problem yourself. So do you see that like button on your screen? Yes, right there in front of you in the pop-up box. If you appreciated this segment of Teacher's Aid and would like to keep the shows coming, please click that thing for me. Thank you. This has been Ray Pico with Teacher's Aid, offering solutions to the challenges teachers face. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Jack Street Media as part of the Affiliate Nanocasting Network. Thanks for listening.